So to start, my name is Kayla Brock. I am a born and raised Texan. I live in San Antonio. Um, and I graduated from Concordia, Texas in 2014 as a DCE. And I took a call, whoosh, <laughs> I took a call to Harlingen, Texas. And if you're not familiar with that, it's basically the Mexico of Texas. It's the furthest tip of Texas that you can go. And so I was in a very um, culturally influenced area. It was kind of that place in between Texas and Mexico. And so that was an interesting and fun place to be. I spent about four years there. And last year, I took a call to serve as a kindergarten teacher. So as you can imagine, a very big difference, a big transition. But maybe in age, it is different but kindergartners and junior hires have a lot in common. I can also tell you that there are kindergartners who know more about how to use an iPad than what I realized I even knew. And it's interesting to be the teacher in the class and to have a five-year-old telling me, hey, Ms. Brock, did you know that this, this, and this? And I'm like, why do you know that? You're five. Like, what is this? Um, next year, I am going to be teaching second grade. So again, another realm. Um, but it's really interesting to see even kids as young as five and younger being able to understand and know social media and technology. Um, I'm not going to talk a lot at y'all today because I can tell you that what worked for my kids and what I learned from working with kids across the board in my seven to ten years of experience may not work for your kids. The kids... I know kids are the same across the, the ranges, but you're different leaders. You're different adults. Your kids may be impacted by things differently and culturally. And so I'm going to talk to you about some things, and then I'm just going to open it for some discussion, and we're going to talk about – you can ask me questions. Um, some of you may know more than what I do. I, I was born – I am a smack dab in the middle as a millennial – but I still grew up in that time without a cell phone in my hand where when I didn't get a cell phone until my junior year of high school and my parents trusted me to roam the streets and would whistle for me to come home. I just grew up in that time. And so we see kids experiencing different things. Um, so social media smart. I know that in the description it said, what even is Snapchat? There's a lot of different social media apps going around. There's a, lots of new apps created daily that I couldn't even tell you like up to date, what are the kids' top favorites? I know that I looked a couple weeks ago and some of the top used social media apps um, are TikTok, it's YouTube, it's Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. All of those um, different types of things are being used in kids' lives and being able to um, impact them in different ways. And so as adults, I know it's easy for me to say, hey, I'm going to shut my phone off and set it over here and not mess with it. But when we do that, we see like kids, kids are not always able to say, I'm going to shut my phone down and put it over here. The, the phone is glued to them. They, it, is, it is in their world. It is what they are constantly being influenced by. You will see them having a conversation here and a conversation here. They are so influenced and so bombarded with so much on social media. And so the big thing I really want to talk on um, just in some of my time real quick, is helping them set smart boundaries. I, 
I'm not, my goal for you walking out of here is not to walk up to your youth and say, social media is bad, all of you need to be off of social media, it's really bad and we're all gonna die if we're on social media because that's not the case. Social media has a lot of positive things. What I am going to encourage you to do is have conversations with the youth and even smaller children, the kids in your lives because they, and asking them, like, what is something positive that you see in social media? What is something that you like about it? I know I asked some kids recently what's some positives, and they said, we really love that social media helps us stay connected with our friends. We really love that we can see different things going on around the world. We keep up with news by being on social media. Um, we love that <laughs> we can meet new people and meet people all across the world. And I know as adults, we can look at that and say, cool, friendships online are great, but have you talked to them face-to-face -face recently? Have you connected with them? Do you really know your friends on social media? I know all the time I say, I have Facebook friends, but I want friendships deeper than Facebook. I don't want to say, wow, I'm friends with you on Facebook, but I haven't talked to you face-to-face -face in forever. Um, I know then you can look and say, oh, you're meeting new people online? What did, whoa, whoa, where are you doing that? How are you doing that? Um, I myself have been negatively influenced by meeting different people online. I, kids told me they were using certain apps and so I would download it on my phone and meet different people. One time I met this person who I started inviting to church and she, <laughs> she came to church, got to know people around me and all of a sudden she was arrested and she texted me and said, oh, by the way, my real name is XYZ. Also, I was arrested because I was selling drugs and now they're taking me back to Illinois where I was from and my mind was just blown. Like, I, I brought this person to church with me. I had this person go and do, like, Harvey, Hurricane Harvey relief work with me. I had this person involved in my life, and yet I still didn't know that person. And so helping kids understand that while you may know them online and you may get to know them a little bit face-to-face, -face, just the importance of actual, real conversations of getting to know people. Um, so some things that just kind of came on my, on my brain of what do smart boundaries look like is helping kids be aware of sharing information. I know all the time it's easy to say, hey, this is an app that wants to know my address, so I'm going to give them my address. Or I met this friend. Like, I, the thing I did not do when I met this girl um, who I got involved, she never knew my address. But I'm a little bit older than a high school youth, and so I know that High school youth may be more tempted to say, hey, here's my address and my phone number and X, Y, Z about me. Everything where they can then have these people come. Like, you don't know who you're talking to online. And I'm not trying to say that social media is negative. That's not what I'm trying to say. But just helping them be aware of the information that you're sharing online. Because once it's online, it's online. And even though you may just be sharing it with a friend... They're, people are really smart, way smarter than I am, and I, like, I could not find your information if you put it online and sent it just to a friend, but there are really smart people who I know are able to find out that information, and so it's important to teach them. Like, there are times and places to share your address, and there are times and places to share your phone number, but help them be aware of, we don't want to give this to every single person that you meet, because that does set you up for, that's just a boundary. Um, 
helping them realize that photos do not disappear forever. The big thing with Snapchat that kids love is I can send a picture, it lasts 10 seconds or less, and it's gone forever. How cool is that? But it's not because it is a photo that may be erased from your phone, but again, really smart people that aren't like me are able to find those photos and keep them. And so kids get in this mentality of, oh, I can send whatever I want. Oh, I have a new boyfriend or girlfriend and they really want me to sext them. And I'll, one nude picture won't hurt. I'll send them that. I'll know if they screenshot it because it'll tell me. But you don't know whose hands you're getting it into. People are still able to find this. And whether it not, maybe they don't have it immediately, but then they go to apply for a job in a couple of years and all of a sudden there's a the one time that you are trying to be cool and sexy with your significant other pops up and haunts you forever. Um, but speaking of that, as you're sending these photos and helping them realize that, okay, maybe you do have nudes of your boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe that's the cool thing to do right now. I'm not 100% sure. I know with five-year-olds it is not. Um, but I'm about a year out of working with high schoolers. But I know for back when I was still doing youth ministry, it, it was still a temptation um, to send those nude photos. But helping them realize that for some reason, if that phone gets taken and you are older um, than 18, if you have a photo of your girlfriend who's 17, that's considered child pornography. And you can be tried as an adult for child pornography. Um, but even as, as minors having that child pornography on your record because you have these photos that you're trying to just be sexy and cool, but you're not married to them. And here we are with a, as a minor with a child pornography on your permanent record and you didn't know. And so having these important conversations like that, um, helping kids also realize that social media is addictive. The creators of social media intentionally create it to be Addict addictive. You get on YouTube, you watch one video. When that video is done, what happens? Another one starts playing because they want to grab you in and suck you in and say, okay, well, I watched one, but ooh, this one looks interesting. And I know I have found myself at 2 a.m. watching YouTube videos out the wazoo because, oh, this one was interesting. So, oh, maybe this one will be too. Oh, now all of a sudden I've had no sleep because I've been into it. And so if it can happen to us, it can happen to kids. It's intentionally made to be addictive. And just like any addiction, when you take it away, there are these withdrawals. I know that when I put my phone away, um, maybe at Lent or sometime you do like a social media hiatus, I've done that before. And I, I can feel the physical withdrawals of, I just want to know what's on Facebook right now. I just want to know what's on Instagram. Oh, this really cool thing happened. And I didn't get to Snapchat it to my friend because I'm doing a social media hiatus. Just like any addiction, there are withdrawals. And so helping kids set those healthy boundaries of saying, maybe for them, it's saying, all right, every night you and your family are going to plug your phone in in the kitchen and you are going to go, up, go to bed. And if they say, well, I don't have a, an alarm clock, that's my alarm clock, I promise you stores still sell alarm clocks. And so they, there are ways to go around that. Um, maybe it means that I know there are ways on, phone, on the phones to be able to set uh, a time limit of how long 
kids are able to be on certain apps and to be able to say, all right, this is as long as you get on this app, once you use this amount of time or this amount of data, it's shut off. There's no more. You can't do it anymore. And so helping them learn now to set these boundaries is good because then by the time they become adults, I just can only imagine what our youth will be like as older adults um, with these ad addictions. There are going to be some beautiful and wonderful things that God is going to do through it, but also it just sometimes makes me nervous to be like, wow, what's it going to be like in 10 years when they're in the workforce? And what's our world going to be like? Because I can barely keep up with social media now. I can't imagine further along. I also want to help kids realize and hope that you can help kids realize that there's no replacement for face-to-face -face interactions. And social media is cool. I love that I can FaceTime my friend who lives in Africa. I love that it's in an instant and I know what she's doing. I know that when she's going to sleep, I am waking up because we are seven hours apart and I am able to hear about the cool ministry she's doing in Africa. But the minute she's back on U.S. soil, I cannot wait to hug her neck and to be able to connect with her because there is no replacement for face-to-face -face interaction. With social media, there's only so much I can see that's going on in this friend's life. But if I were to see her face-to-face, -face, I can read her emotions. I know what she's thinking. I know what she's feeling. It's different than just saying, like, oh, well, that friend, their grandpa died, so I'll write on, I'll write on Facebook praying for you. That's not the same as giving them a hug and saying, wow, I love you. I'm praying for you. How are you feeling? How are you doing? Social media cannot replace that face-to-face -face interaction. And so e it's so easy even for me to say, oh, well, did my check-in with that friend for the week. I know how they're feeling. Must be good. But I don't get to see them on a day-to-day -day basis. So we need to teach kids that it's important to still have those face-to-face -face interactions. It's important to still come to youth group and not just talk to them all week on Snapchat because having that time together, if God was created for community, then we need it just as much, if not more. Because our perfect God said, you know what? There's three of us, three in one, and we need community. That means we need it that much more. And so how important it is to be involved in plugging in to that. I know this is a lot of words. Usually I don't put that many words, but here they all are. Um, but also helping kids realize that God says more about you than social media says about you. I know for me personally, it's very easy for me to look at someone else's social media life and say, wow, look how perfect their life is. Look how good things are going. Like they just won this big award and they're getting married and they're going to have a baby and that's so cool. And I'm over here, you know, just moved again and I don't have all my boxes unpacked and I'm at NYG and, you know, my boxes are still packed high in my apartment. Like, wow, must be great to be them. But you don't get to see the everyday negatives of what's going on um, in other people's lives because you know how it is you're not going to post up oh, I don't have a <laughs> I, you can go check out my social media I do not have a picture of boxes stacked high saying I just moved because that's not something that I'm that's not one of those fun things to put on social media to show like my life is great but God says so much more of me than what social media will say of me and it's so easy for if I can look at social media and say wow this kind of makes me feel sad about myself and I'm not as skinny as them and I don't work out as much, so I must not be as good as them. Um, how easy is it for kids to do that as well and to replace what God says um, with what social media says? I had someone once tell me that it's almost like if we had a 
had two books. One is like Chronicles of Narnia, who Aslan is this big character and he has this big purpose. And the C.S. Lewis wrote this to, to create this storyline for Aslan. And then if if we come along and throw in some kid's book like Everybody Poops, if you took the lead the lead story person of Everyone Poops and switched it with Aslan, if Aslan said, I don't want to be up here, I want to be the star of this book, he isn't living to the purpose that God created him to. And so if we let other people write our stories, if we listen to only what social media says, how much are we missing that God has set up here? And so helping kids realize, like, Social media doesn't, isn't where it stops. God says so much more about you. Um, and I think that's super important. I know there's a lot more. I know that we have like 13 minutes or I don't really know when this ends. 13 minutes? Is it 30 or 35 minutes? That's good. I'm glad we're all in agreement. I don't know either. <laughs> so I'm here as long as you need me to be. But I wanted to ask, do any of y'all have any questions? I know that... I didn't necessarily talk about here's how you use Snapchat and here's how Snapchat is bad or here's how Snapchat is good. If you have questions like that, I can maybe answer some of that. If you have other questions, are there certain social media platforms that I would say, stay away from, make sure kids are not on that? Um, like what are some goods and bads? I can tell you that I've looked into a lot. I personally have a Snapchat. I personally have Instagram. Um, and I have Facebook. I've downloaded lots of others as time has gone on just to be able to keep up with what kids are doing. I've looked into different ones. Um, the internet will tell you to stay away from Snapchat because it's really dangerous of all of the things. I've never felt that kids need to not be on Snapchat personally. Um, I know that it is. it can be used as a big and important tool in their lives because that's what they're doing I think it's important to teach them how to use it correctly and teach them some important boundaries of saying, if everyone else is doing it this way, does that make it right? Not necessarily, but helping, helping them set those boundaries on certain things. Um, I do know that they do have apps that even if you told them don't download this, they have apps that you can download to mask what is downloaded on their phone. It is a scary technology world. Like it really breaks my heart that they are growing up at this time and this place. Um, it breaks my heart just for the human side, but how cool is it that our God is bigger and better. Um, but they do, they create apps that can mask certain things. And so I think it's important for us as adults to realize if they have like three or four calculators downloaded, it's probably not because they're really smart. It's um, like, don't think, maybe they are excelling at math and that's super great, but more than likely, a lot of times you can download an app that masks the app that you, like if you say do not download Snapchat, they can download an app that masks Snapchat as a calculator. So when you as a parent get on their phone or as a youth leader and you're like, wow, no Snapchat, that's great, but they've actually masked it. Um, and so it's important to be aware of things like that. Um, they are able to now create more than one iCloud, not identity, is that the right word? Profile, iCloud profile, so they can log in and out and say, oh, when so-and-so is looking at my phone, I'll be on this one, but this one's for my friends. I can download anything I want on here. Um, I, I don't know if I, if I can say there are certain apps that I would completely stray from. I would not allow them to have 
in anything that allows them to intention that's intentional to talk to strangers or any dating apps because I think those are very dangerous and I myself I I downloaded some to see what kids were seeing and it was too much for me I deleted it and said I don't understand why you'd want to have tinder or bumble or um there was some other popular one there for a while that I downloaded and it just it made me sad because I'm like I don't want to base friendships I don't want to base relationships off of just a picture swiping left or right but that's now the big thing I would 100% discourage that um but that can also lead to strangers asking questions that feel good to be asked those questions that can then lead to let me share too much information with you. And are you actually a, an 18 year old or are you actually, you know, 45 and you're preying on me? So um, I wouldn't download things like that. How do you gain credibility as an adult who, you know, you're already naturally set up to be a loser because you're an adult and you're not cool? So how do you gain credibility in that, in that line to be able to have these conversations? I do not have children of my own. Um, I have a bunch of, I had a bunch of youth children. I now have a, a bunch of kindergartners and second graders. But what has really gained me a lot of credibility, what helped me find out a lot of information from the youth whenever I had a youth group was asking them, hey, can you teach me about Snapchat? Like, what's this new thing happening on Snapchat? Because even if I tried to Google it, Google, like the kids were 10 times ahead of me Googling it. Um, there is a resource uh, that I subscribe to. It's off of axis.org, A-X-I-S.org. They um, have part something in their website. They have, first off, they have a bunch of parent guides. Um, it's not specifically Lutheran, but they have a lot. They have people sent out who are doing a lot of cultural, um, I don't know what word I'm looking for. They're digging into culture of what kids are doing. Um, and so they, they're pretty solid at being up to date. There are things that I found out on, on Axis that then like two weeks later, Facebook would be telling me about, or kids would be telling me about. And so I was able to keep up with that. If you go on to access.org, you can subscribe to their cultural translator um, email, and they'll give an email blast every week. I always, I told my parents, my youth parent, my youth kid parents, whenever I was a youth director, I said, hey, you should be on this because they give out good info of, of different topics going around. Like recently, the one I got well, I haven't checked today. We probably I, It comes out every Friday. I haven't checked my inbox today. Last Friday, there was some guy that is going around, and he made a bunch of deep fake. I don't know what that means exactly. But basically, um, the, the information said that he was able to create an app that allowed people to put a photo in there that would then create a nude of that person. So then... It was able to float around. It was a non-consensual nude being floating around of a person. And it was thankfully caught, deleted, all of that stuff. But it, I wouldn't have known about that had I not been reading Cultural Translator. Um, so that's helped me kind of stay up to date and be able to, I learned things off of there that I would be able to ask my youth kids of, hey, did you know this is happening? Can you tell me about that? Like, I just learned about this. What can you tell me to see if they kind of knew or if they didn't know? But I also, my, my youth kids trusted me a lot, and they would tell me 
crazy amount of information that I didn't want to know half the time, which I'm sure is the case with a lot of y'all um, as you're leading youth. If, if you're not mom and dad, most of the time you get way more info than what mom and dad do. I did make it very clear with my youth kids that um, what, you, what you tell me may have to be something that is told to mom and dad. I never made promises to say, it's completely private across the board, but I once had a youth kid tell me she doesn't log into her Netflix account. She logs into a friend's Netflix account. She was a 13-year-old girl at the time who would log into her friend's Netflix account to watch Scandal. And if you've watched Scandal, it's a highly sexual show that had sex scenes that were too much even for me to watch as an adult that this 13-year-old was watching on her friend's account. And I asked mom, like, hey, do you know what she's watching? And she said, yeah, I look at her. Like, I have it. I'm able to log into her Netflix. Mom had no idea that they share Netflix accounts. And that's a common thing that mom thought she was doing a good thing of regulating and she just had no idea. Um, does that answer your question? I other, It's hard to keep up to date because the kids are always going to be that one step ahead. And so it's really hard to say, hey, I'm ahead of you. Here's what I know. But I think coming into it with grace and saying and kind of a learning basis of, hey, I really want to learn. Like, can you teach me this? And how exciting it is for them to be able to teach you something that, wow, I get, to I get to teach someone older than me something instead of them teaching me. How cool is that? Of course, they're not going to tell you all of the info and say, yeah, I share all of my info on Instagram with everyone I meet. Um, but I think that God will naturally open some doors for you to have some of these harder conversations that are important to help them set boundaries. Since it's social media, you can add me on Facebook and Instagram, but I have it private, so when you add me, I have to approve all of them. So um, that's just the way I roll. So don't be offended if you click and it says it needs to be, I have to approve because that's what I do. But I, I will look that up, and if you email or Facebook or Instagram me, I can find that out because that is a good question. Or if anyone else knows, I'm not saying I know everything about social media.